All right, uh, Jessica Cher, welcome to my bathtub. Thanks, Floanne, for having me in your bathtub, in your beautiful apartment. <laughs> I think it's officially spring, right? Yesterday yeah. I walked home and it's warm and today the sun, I don't know, the windows open make really magic in the home, I think. Yeah, no, it's comfortable and so is the tub bath. I think it's good. <sighs> Figured out how to make it right so we don't freeze or cook. <laughs> <laughs> and there's good lighting. I think the lighting's great. Good lighting. Yeah, a home with a, a lot of light is good for the soul, Aww. right? Yeah, yeah. Coffee with friends, you know. <laughs> does it cost more money to have a home with a beautiful, you know, in New York with with a lot of Eastern light? I don't know if this is Eastern. I'm not sure, but yeah. it's cozy. <laughs> so you just moved to New Jersey, right? I did. I did. How is it? It feels to me like I'm such a snob. I won't go into rehearsals in Brooklyn, but oh, really? it seems like New Jersey. Yeah it feels more different, so there's really a yeah. break. Well, I was a snob and still I'm surprised that I, I've gotten over that because I thought, you know, living in the city was the ultimate way of, of being here, but I just realized that living in a room with one window and no light was bad. And I've been doing that for like eight years. And so the idea of moving to another apartment in the same area was like, great, Upper West Side, and it was super expensive. So. Yeah. Uh, my fiance has mentioned this place called Weehawk in New Jersey. And I thought, well, okay, maybe. Um, what sold me is that we have this view of New York City. And it's just, like at night, it's just like lights of the city. And it's so quiet Aww. and peaceful. And I don't feel like I'm running around. Like, I'm still running I'm in the city six days a week, so that's happening. But, like, it's so beautiful to look in New York City from, like, afar. And yeah. it's fast. I got to your place, like in less than an hour. I mean, it's even faster, like 45 minutes. Yeah, 45 minutes, you said before. And um, yes, also we were mentioning that um, now that you're in New Jersey, you get home and you don't do work work when yeah. you're at home. So how do you balance, like you come into town to do your yeah. business stuff and then go back home and cook? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, like, why not? Well, now I have a kitchen. And when I lived at the West Side, I had like this little easy bake oven and like fake stuff. And now, yeah. actually, it was a joke when I first moved in. Um, Doug, my fiance, was like, hey, um, I've never seen you cooking with so many like things at once because I, like, I had the burner going and then the baking going. And uh, so I guess what happened is. When I lived in one space, I did everything in one space. And yeah. now that it's an apartment, it has doors and windows, I, I feel as though there's more, I don't have to feel like I have to get everything done. So I've kind of given myself, or maybe it naturally happened, to just have office hours and then have a home. And when you come home, you make it home. So what do you do in your home? You cook, you relax, you look at the view. And when I come into the city, I have a place that I go to that I like in Midtown and yeah. I get my work done. And then when I leave, I leave yes. and I let it go and I don't get everything done anymore. Um, there was a sense of like urgency when I lived in the city that I had to get things done because I was missing out. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm missing out anymore. Is know. it adult life? Maybe. Is this like just 2.0? <laughs> Maybe I grew up. I don't know. Like it's, it's very possible that... Um, Move, making the choice to move made, made me choose to change my life. And yeah. I kept thinking moving out of the city was going to be a bad thing, and it's not. I mean, moving out of the city just means that you're, you're embracing other, other ideas of yourself. Yeah, and okay. I identified myself as like, I live on the Upper West Side, but like in reality, I lived in a fifth floor walk-up with like no light in like a nice place, but yeah. still it wasn't my place, you know, and this one, 
really is our home together and you know our decorations and um yes yeah and and again that view of just being able to breathe it in and slow down yeah is huge that's adult life like just not thinking as though you're missing out well i'm still in baby land because it's hard <laughs> to get me beyond like union square but i'm invited for dinner right in yeah, New oh, absolutely yeah we have a wine fridge it came with the apartment <laughs> wow. i know that was a sell cool yeah all right so you're getting married i know because of you because of me yeah what of you you're a huge part of this i'm turning red like i'm embarrassed well i mean you took you know and i a, a chance because you didn't know me very well but like put me in your reading and then during the reading, let me tell yeah, you tell all right, me, you tell right. Yeah, this is first of all yeah. no first of all like none of none of my friends are in you know married you're the first you know couple of my friends that i go to like my uh, wow. wedding my <laughs> my sister is 22 and she got married in france and it's the first time i attended a wedding in you know so wow. you're the first one. I'm so happy. Uh, <laughs> I will be part of, of yes. you know, of your this beautiful day, yeah. <laughs> the bridal party. Yeah, and so basically, yeah, I was taking um, a playwriting class at the Magnet Theater, and uh, I had written this little thing where the characters bubble, and then there's a musician <laughs> or something. And so I don't know. I mean, Doug was really nice, and so I, I asked if he was available. I like I was like, can you? Are you available to rehearse this? This it didn't work for that no. play. But then because I had contacted you and you know about yeah. the project, we were in another reading together. Right. And that's where you met Doug. But I had no oh. idea. I had no idea. So you were not in the same play together. But I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, I asked you to be playing Bubble, but you couldn't. Oh, so then my friend okay. Melanie did it. Gotcha. But okay. I still managed to get you there <laughs> in yeah to play a scene with me right and right. Yeah, like, yeah yeah Doug played the, the 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 third character in the little reading of mine and um, and I had no idea you guys went out together so it was I think <laughs> after a couple of months that you were smooching <laughs> <laughs> on our first kiss was on your street on Mulberry Street like that was our first kiss. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Little did you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Uh, I don't know. Mulberry's romantic area. Very. It, it's it's what reminded me of what New York used to be, and not to say that New York's changed, but it has. Like this still feels like New York. Yeah. Where it's still these businesses that are mostly run by families, and there's a lot of tradition. I mean, even you get on the street, you just feel the tradition. Yeah. And it does feel like romantic New York. Yes. Um. Hence why we probably went you know, to have like dinner here when we first met, just because it was, it felt like New York. And we're both very New York, even though we're not from New York. But, yes, well, yeah. New York is a state of mind. I think it's people who are very young and very wise at the same time. Yeah. So when these two things exist, I think, okay, maybe we have a New Yorker here. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who's savvy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Totally. Well, I mean, uh, how how is it to work here, like be a creative person and, um, I don't know, do you want to talk about your show? <laughs> Probably. You have a fantastic show. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, th th I didn't plan on having a show. Like, I, I had learned that I looked a little bit like this actress, Betty Davis. And yes. I was like, okay, Betty Davis. You know, I'd heard of her, but I didn't realize how similar we were. And this was back in 2008. Yeah. And 
for two years, I just researched about this woman. This Because in my mind, I thought as a film actress, I should learn how to create a character that I don't know anything about. Yeah. I didn't. If I had known that Betty Davis was so famous, I don't think I would have touched her. I don't think I realized in my young, naive yeah, way. Yeah, it's nice to do something genuine and... Yeah, and I was glad that I found this love of her when I was kind of like a young actress just because I thought I was invincible, I could take over the world. And so when I started doing this research, it turned into these little vignettes. Mm -hmm. These little, you saw it, I mean like the little 28-minute yeah. show that was maybe a product of me researching this character and then um, the show was then called The Redheads, it was part of three other redheads. Yes, that's what you know? I saw. You saw that, yeah. yeah, and it was this little thing and then after that, and it's interesting because I met Doug during that time, mm -hmm. and after you had introduced us, he had emailed me back and forth, like an actor, like, hey, have you heard about this project? And then I finally said, look, are you going to come to my play or not? And he's like, <laughs> you know, okay. And, and he wrote back, I'll come to your play and take you to dinner too. I guess you win both ways. Or something like that. And I was like, oh, he's flirting with me. <laughs> Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know. Like for like two months, we gone back and forth, and I didn't know he's flirting with me. I was so like, someone likes me. Um, so he was at the beginning of this Betty Davis journey, mm -hmm. and so the show then turned into twenty eight minutes, and then I, for three months, could not sleep because I finished my little run, and I just knew I had something, but it wasn't ready yet. So yeah. I, I took my 28 minutes and I put it into the New York Fringe Festival okay. and they were like, yeah. I saw that too. Oh God, yeah. Oh, that was, that wasn't one of, it wasn't quite ready to be seen by the world. Um, I mean, it was fine. It's no, it's not now. the point. The point is like sometimes I think, cause I, uh, I work as a singer and in the beginning I would share some of my insecurities or yeah. we don't have to share the potential we see in the work. Yeah. Because if someone, if I'm the audience and I enjoy what I'm seeing, I'm the boss, yeah. you see, like this yeah. is, and I yeah. realized that as the performer, I have no right to ruin someone's enjoyment of my half done work, or, or you Good know, point. I Good think point. so, Touché. I think, because Touché. we're not, yeah, we're not, uh, it's for the audience, and if the audience, they like it, we shouldn't give them doubts about True. the beautiful, you know, because, you know, it, it's, it's just about how much more yeah. we think we can do, and that's our secret. Yeah. It cannot oh, be yeah, shared yeah. to an audience and say it wasn't as good as what I can be. Yeah. That's not. That's my problem. That's yeah. your problem. That's but problem. we don't need to know that it could be better. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Though. So <laughs> New York Fringe Festival, I got reviewed. Yes. And I got really bad reviews. Okay. And what happened was instead of going negative, I was like, I'm gonna make my show as as good as possible after. Oh, wonderful. So it was really positive because I knew I wasn't ready to be seen by like the world because Betty mm. Davis was such a name, but I knew that I had something. So after New York Fringe, which was a good experience, um, I for another year just worked on my script and like self-produced it and spent time just getting my script ready for audiences to see yeah. and I would do it off Broadway or whatever I this could do. This is giving me chills. Oh, I get chills. Because you know what, it's, it's, it's a thing, I mean, you know, you're a great producer of your work and um, I mean, you're really putting yourself on the map because you have your business savvy, but it's really, for me, it's like, it's hard because sometimes we have to compromise between, like, if you're too good at business, then the work itself, the writing and the oh, performance yeah. and the rehearsal suffers. Right. And, you know, it's wonderful in a way you got maybe this, I didn't realize you had anything that was a bad review but yeah. but then if it puts you in a position where you're gonna you know 
push yourself to do your best work and now that's so much how you come across for, for me mm -hmm. and I'm like you know there's not a lot of people who we know as performers that have this angst to do their best work right yeah but what you don't know is that <laughs> you don't know that you know you were doing your Betty Davis thing and I was looking at it and I was like this is so smart and I think maybe we had a conversation at some point but because of how successful you were with your show, then I was like, oh, I should do the same thing. And that's okay. why I started the, yeah, the show about CDPF. I mean, there were oh, different wow. angles, yeah. you know, I mean, there was also a manager who suggested that I should do specifically, no, it was not maybe the EDPF, but it was the idea of doing a solo show with yeah. me in it. I mean, there's, yeah. you know, Jerry Rudis hinted I should, I should, uh, um, you know, sing and, and do a solo show, and then another manager, George Martiniuk, he was like, well, you should really focus on Edith Piaf because she's an easy sell. Right. Which, I don't know what it is, you know, I mean, the last time I did the show at Joe's Pub was in 2013, and, you know, now God, I see... Is it that long ago? It I is, yeah, that. yeah. Wow. It, it is, and so it's like, there's so much now I realize where it can grow, so I don't think this show has been in a mature place in any way but it was definitely by seeing how wow. successful and how independent you were being that I decided oh I should do a solo show I did you know with other you know other intuitions you know other things came together but for me it was really because you know people say I'm doing an audition and it's like <laughs> hi I'm an actress <laughs> and it's like oh yeah yeah. And it's really hard to be from the from the person who has training and who's well-intentioned and yeah. who really has a calling to the person who's working that people know about. Mm -hmm. And um, and I don't know, I mean, for me, being a, a French actress and singer in New York, you get cast type. I mean, do you oh, have yeah. a... What's your niche? Well, that's <laughs> you. It's, it's kind of unique because most of the industry has not seen my Betty Davis show and I find that a little frustrating because I don't think they realize I'm much more than a quirky redhead. Yes. And I get called in for quirky redhead all the time and that's for like surface. TV, maybe. You know, that's the surface of me but like I'm much deeper yeah. and I'm much, at my core I have so many layers and I, I wrote the show originally when I was like, I'm going to write a show to give myself an opportunity for my other layers to be seen. Of course, to you do know? great work, yeah. Yeah, to do great work and to, to cast myself and to write. I was lucky I'm a good writer to write myself a show yeah. with a lot of research um, so that I had a vehicle to show that I could do something that wasn't just quirky redhead. Yeah. And if I was stuck doing only the work I've been given by like the industry standards, I think I'd be a really unhappy actress <laughs> you know because it's just not enough yeah like the show has given me it's filled in all the gaps because there's always something to do like there's always you know the creativity and the producing are totally separate mm -hmm. and that's the biggest balance is to be able to do both but what i found and it's a very ins inspiring moment is that i based my show off of real history yes. so like i'm working on these characters that were real and yes. these, the story I created is historically based. So learning about an actress in the 1930s and her struggles being a woman and having, you know, being outspoken and dealing with Warner Brothers and Universal Pictures and all these things that she dealt with, I'm like, it's not much different from what I do, mm -mm. you know? And I found empowerment um, when I realized how similar she and I were. And yeah. that really made me not want to give up because she didn't give up. So yes. why would I, Jessica, give up? Even though I don't think I'm nearly as strong as she is. But uh, she's become a mentor. And, you know, in the producing of it, like, you write a show, you perform a show, you know, you get audience, and then you say, oh, well, what's next? 
you yes. know, what, what's next? And that was the way that I grew the show because I kept saying to myself, okay, now the script's better. What's next? Okay, this performance space. Okay, what's next? And then, you know, I realized that I needed to take the show away from New York to really see if it was good. Mm -hmm. And my only opportunity was to go to the biggest festival in the world, which is Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah. Edinburgh is like crazy. It is nuts. And in that craziness, I learned that my show was not, was, wasn't just good for my friends, like people that I didn't know actually liked it. Yeah. And that was weird. Like people liked it that I didn't know. And having people come to me on the street, because you see everybody. Yeah, chills again. Yeah. I don't, you know, but I think you're just doing so great. I'm so proud of you, you know? Thank you. No, but I, I'm just like, man, it's like, how did you think, oh, I'm going to go to this Edinburgh festival and, right? you know, and pull together the programs and stuff and... Yeah, yeah that's part of, like, like my, my crazy secret. I don't know. I just know how to go to the next place. To the next place, yeah. And I don't think I know how to say, how to level out. Like, sometimes I think it's almost like a burden because I won't give up. Like, I just keep going. Um, but it's cool. almost like, I feel like the world kind of presents these opportunities and it's yes. my choice to take or to leave and you know it was a choice do I go to Edinburgh or not and yeah do I go were there? you like yeah. that when you were a teen uh, like yeah I was but I wasn't confident in myself like I didn't know that I by myself was good enough as okay. a teen but I also um if I got on something I would continue like sure. I, I if I took a dance class I'd take it forever like I just continued. Oh, you're persistent, relentless. Very present, yeah, very persistent, <laughs> very persistent, and, and didn't really like. I knew like maybe I had some talent, but I don't think I knew that I could do it. I definitely never thought I'd be playing leading ladies. No way. Like yeah. back then, I was like the background. <laughs> you know, like I could dance around and I could get like a dance solo, but never speaking okay. anything. So yeah. when did you start acquiring confidence? I think when I, gosh, I guess what must have happened. It would have been, see, it's not really in college, because college, I went to a school called UC Santa Barbara in California, and... Oh my god, yeah, you were from L.A. Yeah, or San from Diego. San Diego. San Diego. From yeah. the sun. I'm from the sun. Why yeah. did you come to New York? God, I don't, well, because I had to get away from, like, where I grew up. Like, I had to go out. That's probably where I got How my confidence. How old were you, you, when know? you when you got here? 22. 22. Yeah. After 17. Oh, God. Oh, my parents, I don't know if they would have let me come at 17. Really? 17? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny, you know, wow, because it's it's a dope. similar thing where people say, oh, it was so brave. Yeah. But the truth is, it's she really, did. yeah, you just go f f to, to the next thing. And I don't know, I, I finished, you know, high school early yeah. and I was already in a dance program. So I didn't want to study dance in France, you know, because people who study dance was yeah. like people who don't have intellectual abilities okay so I thought okay, okay. I'm doing dance okay. but at least there's a foreign language I will learn right. Right. and I'll be in New York but I didn't think of it as a great thing I just like that's what I'm doing and yeah. it was so funny like if I would start over again I would be like <laughs> way too hard no 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 yeah. I'm not doing that this you know now well, I'm so mellow but I don't know like you know yeah definitely I was in school full-time I was time wow. to pay for the school and then I was coaching on the side and opera and you know wow. acting too it's like Crazy. I don't know I don't know so when you got here like <laughs> what yeah I don't know what um it's, I, I had a, like obsession with New York like I used to my I remember my senior year of college only wearing I love New York t-shirts and thinking that was extremely cool like cut the sleeves off and make them short because it's California <laughs> and like 
I have a picture of when I got off the plane here and I had like a suitcase and my skateboard. Like who brings a skateboard on your plane to New York? But that's what I knew. And I have this like I Love New York t-shirt and like these crazy jeans. I was like rock star. And then I went and I moved to Spanish Harlem, which was not rock star. <laughs> no. I had no idea. It was so like looking back, I would never repeat that first year, but it was so exciting to come to a place that just had like opportunities everywhere yeah. I looked there was an opportunity and there were like new people to, to learn from yes. and I guess what happened is I told my parents I remember this we were sitting on the beach in California and we, we did not live near the beach like I live like 25 miles away so you have to drive and it's a thing but we were sitting on the beach and my mom had gone and got like my favorite nuts and dates and things I liked and she said you know Jess if you really want to make this dream happen, um, you gotta go get your footage. She's like, you gotta go get your footage so you can edit your life. You can stop, pause, fast forward and rewind, but right now you don't have any footage. Um, so I think in that way, she was encouraging me to go out. I don't think she thought I'd stay so long. I mean, I've been here 11 years, that's <laughs> a long time. Yeah. And I do miss the California like serenity and spirituality. I, I have a hard time finding it here. I feel like I have to really work on finding spirituality because it's so fast paced. It's funny, I don't think of of you as a spiritual person. It doesn't come it doesn't come out, you know yeah. I mean it's not in a I mean okay, but then I never made the connection of you going surfing in far rockaway because yeah. you came from San Diego. Somehow it's just like Jess is so out there. She's just like, wow. So that's yeah. why, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think that my California sensibilities are, like, spiritually based. Like, I So what is, like, what is, it, what is it to be spiritual? I mean, in, in, yeah. in California or in New York, like, how does it express itself for you? Like, it's like taking time in the moments, like, enjoying yeah. the moments of your life and, like, the exact opposite of being in New York, like, enjoying things around you and yeah. sunshine and the ocean. The ocean for me is an absolute bath of serenity. Like yeah. it's the only time, I think it was two weeks ago that I went out to Rockaway and like it was 20 degrees. It was crazy cold, but I was so needing it. I just, I had to, like I, I finished work. <laughs> I went out, I took Doug with me, and I was like, I'm going surfing, and I have a full wetsuit with booties, gloves. I saw the photo on the Facebook, right? there's only two people in the ocean. Oh, that's me and this one guy, we're yeah. both like, but it, it had to happen, because I was, and I felt so good after, and mm -hmm. that is just a product of something I was given, you know, to enjoy as a kid, or a teenager, whatever it was, yes. like, in California, it's just, it's there to take, it's not hard to go to the ocean, it's like, there, yeah. so, you know, you take advantage of, like, this beautiful moment. And surfing for me are, are little moments. I think of nothing else. It's the only time that my brain totally shuts off and is just there. Yeah, it's it's nice. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm finding challenging in the in the city is is having a, because the practice, you know, like when we work on our stuff, you know, the space it sort of influences your level of availability, and so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Practicing music. Because, you know, people yeah. say that, like, music can be med meditative or anything. Whenever right. you're lost, it's, I think his name is Mark Napo. And he's, like, um, like he calls himself himself a, a poet. But, um, yeah, his ideas are so beautiful. I really resonate with his sensibility. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's so peaceful. I think he, uh, he got cancer and then... Yeah got over it and he's just such a prolific author 
Um, but yeah, he's defining, you know, like the, the, the idea of losing yourself in your practice. Oh. And to me, that's so important because it's nice. so hard in New York to allow for this time right. to, to really abstract from other things and, yeah. and do pure, you know, the attention be purely <laughs> dedicated to one little thing at a at time. time. Yeah. Yeah. No, one, the one thing at a time is really difficult. Mm. I actually think one of the best things, and I recommend this to anyone, and every time I do, people are like, yeah, um, the book, The Artist's Way, by Julia Cameron, right? I bought it, okay. and I, I lent it to someone, no. and now I don't have it Get anymore. It <laughs> no, that's, that's the book. That's writing. the book. That's that, beyond the writing, too, it's just these, for someone who doesn't necessarily like know what to do for spirituality yes. that book like takes you by the hand and you just sure you, these exercises just open your heart yeah. and that that really that's actually what connected me because I was doing that book while I was writing the Betty Davis show okay. and like I remember that that book just connected the dots to everything and allowed me to really really appreciate this crazy world that we live in yeah and in the craziness, there was a real serenity, and, and you know it's funny because I not that I hide my my like spirituality, but there's not a lot of opportunity to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna zen on the subway. You can't because there's too many like things happening, you know. Yeah. But like I think if you, you know, if people come with me to Rockaway and they see like there's a different side to me, like me in California, it takes me three days to like chill out. Yeah. But like I'm a different person just because I have this this love of like feeling really good from the heart. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think, you know, you get, you, in New York, it's hard sometimes to, to love from your heart because people are, you know, they're not, they're not like, I don't know, they're, they're, you have to put up sometimes a little bit of a wall, which I don't like to do. But I remember coming here and telling my mom, no one smiles at me. And that being like a really weird thing that no one, unless they're crazy, smiles. I mean, they do. You know, in Europe, when you first come to New York, you're like, oh my God, people are so superficial. They meet you and they're like, oh, how was your vacation? You look great. When they obviously cannot think that. And so... <laughs> <laughs> you look so rested. No, no. And then I was like, okay, so going to Los Angeles, you know, I went twice for work. Yeah. One oh, time yeah. for a musical and one yeah. time to record this, um, uh, you know, language uh, program. And I was like, is it is gonna be worse? People are even more superficial. Yeah. And the truth is, it's mm -hmm. not. It's like people it's relate chill. in a yeah in a different way. Well, there's a different kind of. I mean, there's a lot of like. I mean, one time I went, I went, and I'm like, I have a meeting with a friend, and there's other friends there, and I'm like, it's like this. Oh really? And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, wow. you know, people's faces. I mean, you know, yeah. I want to be like when I'm old. Yeah. I want to be the only like New York actress with wrinkles yes. everywhere. <laughs> Helen Mirren. No, I'm just Judy. That would work. You could be Judy. I could be Helen. That would work. That's cool. That's the that's show. Good. That's the show. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. No, no, yeah. not the goal. We're gonna make a show about us oh. being them. Fine. Right? Younger or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. They're, they're awesome women. The women who will have wrinkles yeah. because that's yeah. how authentic they are. Yeah. Why not? You know. Like, I mean, I think that comes from when you really. I mean. If you really love yourself inside, as you grow older, that's who you are. Yeah. You know, I think it's beautiful to see the lines of life. You know, I, it's it's sad when you see somebody you don't see the lines of life. Yeah, you know, okay. or the happiness in their eyes, and yes. you know, a lot of it's from passion. Like having a passionate thing in your life, you just feel alive. Yeah. I mean, I, without having a, a show to work on or like a dance class or something, I don't feel the passion of life 
And yeah. I feel bad for people who have like office jobs. <laughs> that would be boring. <laughs> it's a different kind of space within your yeah. time. I think there's you know structure. I've never tried it, so I, I don't know. But I, I can sense that the people who do art and have a, a steady thing in their life, they have a different kind of availability. Yeah. But anyway, recently, because you know, I mean, in the same way, um, I'm really good when I have goals. You know, I become yeah. a machine. <laughs> Work. <laughs> yeah, but now. I, I'm trying something different. I put myself sort of on the map as a singer because of you know the same thing uh, with, uh, as you because of my producing skills I think and my marketing mm -hmm. um, sort of abilities. So as an actress, I don't want to I don't want to be the producer of my feature film. I don't want to do that. So then I'm like, so what do I have to? I still have to do something to allow for a change. And I realized that you know. A lot of decisions that came from the from the mind because the you know mind is very sharp and and you know so now I'm trying to be different and I'm trying to like take it down a notch. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like it's yeah no no but it's just it's so weird because I think the the heart has a brain right it ha it it yeah. thinks yeah right yeah and so like now whenever I'm faced with something I'm trying to just take it down and like to think from my heart you know mm. it's sort of like the gut thing but to really like filter through there yeah. because then it's not about what makes sense mm -mm. and so I'm hoping that it'll be a different way to make magic happen yeah. because we know what it is when it's like boom 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 that's the next thing boom 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 you know right. it's 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 a it can be previsible how is the word it's expectable you know the the result the outcome right. whereas when you go with like oh this just it, there's something that resonates like yeah. even if it makes no sense i still want to try it because i trust yeah. i trust like i'm going somewhere different so i don't know how to do it quite yet because i feel like a little yeah. bit clumsy about it well it's probably more vulnerable when, you went, when you're working from your heart, I've always found that you're putting, you're really putting yourself out there. I'm just trying to make decisions from a different place because yeah. I'm very, I'm, I have like leadership skills, and I'm very decisive. You know, it's, it's like I'm, I come across as very strong all the time, and I'm trying to get a different way of responding with the world, the, to yeah. make the business decisions from here. You know, Ooh. because then what? Who can like? Who can say it would have been? Yeah. You know, you can see. Again, <laughs> if there's any proposition, you, you're still going to go tick, 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 tick. Yeah. And you know, yeah. we know. Yeah. But that's not the life I'm interested in. I'm right. not interested in knowing already ahead of time this, this. Right. I'm interested in like, oh my god, this is, you know, being in Far away and being in the water. Oh, like, yeah. oh my god, this is crazy. <sighs> and that's the right I want. I want, yeah. the, I want life to be so embracing and, yeah. you know, and unexpected. Yeah, I was going to use that word. I would say it's very unexpected. Yeah. And it's nature. Like sometimes you need to be in nature because it's just absolutely real and it brings yeah. you down to your grounded self. Yeah. And when you're in that grounded self, you're in the moment and yes. you know, it, you can't expect anything because there's, there's no cell phone in nature. <laughs> like, nature doesn't call you up and be like, Hey, call me back. Like nature just <laughs> is, it just yes. isn't it, you know? And, um, I think that was a big lesson with New York too, is it's a concrete jungle. You have to get out, you know, you have to allow your, as a creative person, you have to go out into the wilderness, so to speak, so you can feel yourself again, because it gets very like, you know, Central Park. That was a, that's a good start. Yeah. yeah, Central Park is definitely. I'm so glad we have that. If not, that'd be really difficult. Mm. But.
but um, yeah, just to be to sit in like calm and stillness, yes. which is something I'm working on, which is tough. So how can we make New York more conducive to creativity and collaboration? Oh, an artist commune. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're a, a bunch of artists living together and. Well, that's too hippy dippy, but like a place where people. Well, they are art collaboratives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something like that. I think that sometimes, or at least what I miss a lot of the times being a solo performer, you have your own Betty Davis, hey, for Sissy's the show, but like there's still Jessica who wants to, to connect with people. Yeah. And, like how touched I was to sit here in your tub bath and connect, you know, because yeah. that's, that's yeah. something that is really important in this big city. You get lost, and having real emotions and connections with people probably is what will sustain a career forever yes. instead of it being these little like flecks or moments of glitter you yeah, know because yeah. when you get off the set like you go home and if you don't have friends or like relationships it doesn't it doesn't work you know? it also um sparks new collaborations <clears throat> you know yeah. like after shows you talk about things but yeah. you know they used to be i mean they still are theater companies but they used to be theater companies that would be really involved you know yeah. together and so but yeah. you know maybe that's maybe that's cool maybe we define what is 2015 and beyond yeah. the artist's um, journey <laughs> yeah the artist's journey and it's really important to have a place of trust and and that is nurturing. I mean, for me, yeah. like, yeah. I started, I think, to make strides yeah. when I realized, okay, this is a mentorship. Like, this person is really keeping me on track, and there's something really difficult that happened with me with this one director, and my opera teacher is, like, telling me what's what, and yeah. empowering me, and so, yeah, so, I mean, thank you for doing your Betty Davis thing, because Aww. it inspired me to s start doing solo stuff, and... Pff, I cannot tell you how different I am now, you know, so it's like, it's little things, but by being together, we're definitely can change things, yeah? I think so. It's <laughs> all about togetherness. Togetherness it is. Well, solo is, you know, it's we could just go write a novel in the <clears throat> in the forest, but um, <laughs> you could. Emerson did that. He did all right, but yeah. I think he's lonely. <laughs> I don't know if our life purpose is to is to take what's like divine and and bring it to an audience so that they can feel better and live better. Part of it is, I think. Right? Part of being. I mean, I think that if you don't go to if you go to a show and you feel like you've transformed during the show. Yeah. And part of my my hope when I had the Betty Davis show, I said I I want people to Google her name. Like yeah. Total, but Google her name, and people do. They'll email me like, "Oh my gosh, I googled her, and now I know more about her, and I saw her movie. I love Good. when that happens." Yes. And that if they hadn't sat in that show, they wouldn't have had that experience. So someone is is you know feeling alive inside because they have something to, to kind of look at. Yeah. And that's what art should be. I mean, whenever I go to a show and I'm like, "That's a good show," because I did something after, yeah. you know, I talked about it. What um, a wonderful way to honor someone's life and work yeah, yeah totally <laughs> totally yeah she's, I, she's probably very glad you're here <laughs> i think yeah. she finally has realized that i'm i am going to do her justice and you know something very special happened last year and this is something that couldn't have happened as just jessica um i reached out to the betty davis estate mm -hmm. and to make sure i could use my, her name and stuff and they had called me and the assistant Catherine cermak said I want to help you. I really love what you're doing. So I went to LA and I met with her. And this woman lived with Miss Davis for ten years, like the last oh, ten years wow. of my life. And during this meeting, this amazing meeting, 
I'm thinking, oh my God, all the things I went, the bad reviews, all the things I went through. Yes. And here I am sitting with the assistant. Crazy. It builds. It builds. And then she gave me a little box, a little gift, and inside was two pairs of um, gloves, scarf, handkerchief, earrings of Miss Betty Davis. Oh. So I wear a pair of her gloves in my show, and there's a little bit of makeup on them. So when I put them on, I see the makeup, and then her fingers were longer. That's so it's so like a growing sweet. into Betty Davis. Yeah, yeah. And that wouldn't happen if I didn't have like the courage to, you know, write a show about somebody and the courage to to reach out to the estate. I was terrified, mm -hmm. uh, but they accepted that I was doing what I was doing, and you know, encouraged. You know, it's all about the support and the balance of your life. You know, you can't have just be an actress without having friends. You can't be an actress without having like relationships and you know having a supportive partner in it. Yes. Makes you a balanced person. All right, yeah. cool. I'm going to Google Betty Davis. Good. And I'm going to go to your wedding and have the best time. Yes, yay! <laughs> the best time. Yes. yes. Okay, Good. cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. I mean, I feel we have so much, like, we could go on for hours oh God, because, but. yeah, I mean, we have sort of the same way of, like, looking at things and it feeds off a lot, but we should just meet more often. We'll just meet more often. Yeah. We'll, have, we'll have more life with flow. <laughs> Make me more omelets. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, egg white, please. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>